0: Welcome to Pick Up and Deliver, the podcast where I pick up my audio recorder when I drop my son off at school and deliver an episode to you while I walk home. I'm Brendan Riley. Good morning, listeners. I hope that you're having a pleasant September. It is Thursday morning, September 20th, and I can hardly believe... it's already September 20th. It seems like it happened a moment ago that it was the beginning of the semester and I'm already pushing on toward week four. Exciting. I'm going to do an episode I'm calling The Solo Game Extravaganza. (laughs) So I have run out of the Great Designer series, although I'll probably do an update soon because I've picked up a number of Martin Wallace titles since I did the episode about him. Uh, Vladimir Suchi, I've told you about, but I haven't played those games yet, so maybe I'll, I'll... Anyway, I'll return to Great Designers another time. But I was thinking about other semi-regular features I could do, and I thought it would be interesting to talk about game mechanisms or game types through the lens of the games I have. So rather than trying to talk about all the games of a particular game mechanism, I'll instead tell you about the games that I have that fit that mechanism or some uniting factor, some Venn diagram of my game collection that uh, allows me to tell you about one or two games, or in this case, four, five. We'll see how many I can get through. So while solo gaming is not my preferred mode, I do find myself from time to time in a place where solo gaming is an option. Most of the time my solo gaming happens when I am waiting for my daughter to finish swim practice. Either she is, that's usually where it is. So most of these games can be played in half an hour to an hour. I guess the other place is waiting for my son to finish his ninja class. So it occurs to me it would probably be smart for me to like go work out during these times, but instead I'm playing solo games. So I thought I would talk about uh, four or maybe five solo games for you today. And I'm going to start with my most played game and work backwards so that if I run out of time, it's I run out of time to talk about the games I'm least familiar with. That's kind of backwards for the dramatic tension of the episode because I'm not leading up to my favorite. I'm starting with it. But I figure if you're listening to media for dramatic tension, you're not listening to pick up and deliver. But you're listening for good board game content. Oh, yeah. So, uh, the first game I want to talk about then is my favorite solo game, and that's Freedom and Frieza's Friday. Friday is a solo game about being Robinson Crusoe, actually not being Robinson Crusoe, it's being Friday, the stalwart companion of Robinson Crusoe on a desert island. In the game, you have a deck of cards that represent Robinson's ability to deal with problems, and then another deck of cards that represent the problems Robinson is dealing with. The game is played through three rounds, and in each round you're going to go through the deck of problems, and you're going to tackle them using uh, cards that you draw from the Robinson deck. At the beginning, the Robinson deck has a couple positive cards, mostly a lot of zeros, a few minus ones, and then a couple bad cards as well. As the game goes along with each problem you encounter, in the first round the problems are all easy, so they use the green number on them to represent their difficulty. In the yellow, when you go through the deck the second time, you use the yellow number, and when you go through the deck the third time, you use the red number. So the pro- the problems get significantly harder as the game goes along. The way it works is you uh, draw two problems, and you pick one to face, and you put the other in the discard pile. So right away you get to filter, like there's a jaguar, for instance, that you could encounter in the forest. If you had to fleece face the jaguar, every time, you know, a couple bad draws and you're dead. So you could, you could draw the Jaguar and perhaps you draw some Driftwood, which is a very low-level low difficulty problem, and you pick which one you want to face and you put the other in the discard pile. Now that means that one is going to come back later and be more difficult. But for now, when, especially at the beginning of the game, you don't have the resources to deal with it well. And then what you do is each card has a difficulty number as well as a number of cards you draw. And so, like, let's say the Driftwood would have a difficulty number of zero at the green level, and it says you draw one card. So you draw the one card, and most likely it's a zero. So you've met the number on the card, so you win that card. Then you take that challenge card, and you flip it around, and on the, on the bottom half of the card is uh, the elements that you need to make it one of your Robinson cards. Like, it's got a strength number, and it's got sometimes they'll have a special power that it can do. So the more of these cards that you get, the more resources you have available to you as you're playing through. Now the other challenge is, so you have um, health points. You start with uh, 21 in the easy game or 18 in the difficult game, or the normal game. As you go through the deck, if you fail a mission, then you have to discard health points uh, up to the difference between your score and the score on the card. So for instance, in that Driftwood example where we got a zero, let's say you had the bad luck to draw the minus two card. There's one in the starter deck. Then you have to discard two of your health points to get up to the zero and meet the challenge. When you do that then, you actually don't beat the challenge. The challenge goes into the discard, and you're going to have to face it again. However, for spending two of those points, you now get to take two of the cards that you've drawn out of two of the cards that you've played this turn out of your deck entirely. So you could get rid of that minus two. Um, Or better yet, if you drew two minus ones, you could get rid of two of the minus ones. Your third option, let's say you don't, let's say you're just one shy of the the score and you really wanna get that card. You can spend a health point to draw another card. Now sometimes that card will make things worse and then you still have to pay the difference in order to uh, move along. So the, the game is all about knowing when to, when to forfeit an adventure or forfeit a problem in order to get rid of some of those bad cards. Because if you never get rid of any bad cards, you're going to lose. So you have to spend, have some missions that you fail in order to get the cards. But then you're also building a deck of good cards. The final thing is once you get through your deck, then you're going to draw a new card or you, you reshuffle your deck, but you also draw an aging card and all of those are bad. So as you go along, you only get, uh, I think, eight runs through your deck before you die. Um, so if you get through your Robinson deck eight times, then you die. Also, those bad cards cost two. Uh, you have to spend two health to get rid of one of those, so they end up being really annoying. It's a really good game. Very interesting. I've, it's by far the solo game I've played the most. I've probably got at least 25 or 30 plays in. Not ideal for an airplane though. There's a lot of stuff you have to put out and there's little tokens, so you really gotta be careful how you play it if you're gonna try to play uh, Friday. But that's Friday by Freedom & Freeze, regularly reprinted by Rio Grande, although usually out of print. It seems like they reprint it, it sells out, it's out of print for six months, then they reprint it again. So if that sounds interesting to you, definitely pick it up, it's only 15 bucks, but you gotta wait till it's in print. Uh, the next game I want to talk about is my second favorite solo game, and this is Onirim, or Onirim. This is a game from... Boy, I'm, I'm not sure I know the publisher. But uh, they seem to only, they seem to really focus on publishing uh, games by this designer. They have, I think, four or five in the series now. There's uh, Onirim, Castileon, uh, um, this one about the water, Nautileon. I feel like there's one more. I think there's four, and all of these are one or two-player games, but they're really meant to be solo games. Uh, in OniRim, you play a character. You play a person try, trying to navigate nightmares, and you're trying to get through the dreamscape by finding keys and doors. And in the simplest version of the game, you're just you. You're trying to get sets, which let you then pull doors out of the deck. And once you've pulled all eight doors out of the deck, then you win. Uh, you also have these keys which you can use to grab a door if you happen to cross one instead of pulling it out of the deck with a set. And then there are these nightmares in there that make you either discard cards or lose keys or sometimes lose doors. And if you get to a point where you have gone through the whole deck and you didn't find the eight doors because you discarded the other cards that let you get the doors, then you lose. Uh, it's a really good game. Very interesting. Uh even at the easy level, it's not easy. I've played the game probably a dozen times, and I've only won three or four times maybe on the easy level. As soon as I start adding in the uh, expansions, I, I lose. But it's really fun, and it doesn't feel punishing. It's not like Ghost Stories where, uh, until you kind of figure out the system, you never feel like you're going to win. Um, so that's Anirim. Uh I've also played another game from that same designer, Castileon, which has feels very different in the way you play, but it functions the same way. It's got a beginner level, and then once you're good at that, you can start adding in expansions, and there are several expansions. Now, I've played that a couple times and won once. I do like it a lot. It takes up a little more table room than a does. A is just a deck of cards. You could almost play it in your hand. Not quite, but almost. A hand in a couple pockets, you could play it. So, uh, I strongly reckon, recommend a Nyrim. Uh, that one seems to be out of print for longer stretches. Every now and again I'll see it for sale again, but I'm glad I picked it up when I did. If you buy the deluxe copy uh, when they bring it in print, it's got all seven expansions built in the box. So, and that seems to be how they sell those games now. Okay, so I've, I've talked about Friday and Onirim. I've got two more I wanted to talk about. The fifth one I was thinking about was Castellan, but I don't know that I have a lot to say other than what I have. So I have uh, two more solo games to report. Um, one of them is the only game I have, no, uh, so Friday is a completely solo game as is this next one. I'm going to talk about hostage negotiator. So hostage negotiator is a game about being a hostage negotiator. Your job is to try to talk. There's a, someone who's taken some hostages. You drive is to try to talk them down and either capture them or kill them. When you capture them, you win But to do that, you have to get all the hostages out first. When you kill them, then a secondary person comes in, and then the game speeds up a lot, and either you win by killing them too, I think, or by uh, capturing. Now the game is fun. There's a really interesting thing where there's all these cards that you can buy, and each round you're gonna play cards and roll dice to try to get conversation points that represent you're making the the hostage taker uh, feel at ease. And those conversation points let you buy cards which let you take actions like get them to release the hostage or send in a team to try to take some hostages out or there's all sorts of different things you can do. But the game is a nice tension between uh, building up these conversation points and then using the cards to do other things as well. There is also a meter of how angry the, or how calm the hostage taker is and the more angry they are the fewer dice you get to roll. Uh, the one downside is it's not it's not a puzzle game. It's a dice mitigation game. You're rolling dice constantly to do things, and you could just lose because you roll badly. And the dice are not they're not even dice. They're I think most of them have two out of the five sides are successes, maybe um, or maybe three. But there's there's plenty of blank sides and partial successes on the dice that make it so that uh, it's really a, a fun dice roller, and it's an interesting puzzle. But um, ultimately, it is about you know mitigating those dice and doing getting lucky in the dice in the things that you roll. Okay, so that's uh, that's hostage negotiator, um, a fun one. That one is interesting because it comes with like five different. Um, terrorists they're called or characters and so as you are using those or you learning to use fight the different enemy characters then you uh, can succeed in different ways they also sell booster packs for that I've bought one of them Um, uh, finally the last game I want to mention as I'm wrapping up here I really enjoy Lost Expedition which is not necessarily meant to be a solo game but I find plays very well at Solo. That's from Osprey Games, and it's about going into the jungle to find the lost city of Z. I don't have a lot more to say about that right now, except that I enjoy it quite a bit, and encourage you to check it out. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Hopefully it's been as pleasurable for you to listen as it has been for me to take this walk, and you'll hopefully have a good walk yourself next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. you by Rattlebox Games.